Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. I'm a book-loving, notebook-hoarding reader and writer on a mission to change lives one book and one notebook at a time. And this is the Get Literate Podcast. On this podcast, we explore the power of leading literate lives. We talk all things books and reading, notebooks and writing, and everything in between to make our lives better. And no matter what better means to you, the pages inside books and notebooks can help us get there. So each week, we'll mix together books, notebooks, mindful practices, and creativity to cultivate a life we love. Now grab a notebook and your TBR list, and let's get literate. Hey everyone, Stephanie here, welcoming you back to another episode of the Get Literate podcast. I think I can finally say that here in upstate New York, that spring is officially on its way. We were shocked last week to have beautiful weather in the high 80s. Unfortunately, it didn't quite last. We are back down to being in the 40s and a little bit rainy this week, but spring is definitely here. The plants are starting to bloom, and I can even see the hostas peeking out from the leaves that I forgot to rake over them. The kids have traded in their pants for shorts already, and I'm getting ready to plan our annual garage sale, which is a very spring-like thing to do. Spring seems to be the time for organization and for decluttering and just cleaning and airing things out. So I thought, If we're talking about spring cleaning in other areas of our life, why not talk about spring cleaning our bookshelf? So today we're gonna have some fun and we're going to talk about shelf care. Not self-care, shelf care. Care for our bookshelves, right? Because if self-care is tending to ourself in restorative and nourishing ways, then shelf care is tending to our bookshelf in restorative and nourishing ways. And that's what we're gonna do. Now, don't worry. I am not gonna go all Marie Kondo on you and ask you to pare down all of your books to only the select few that spark joy. Um, No, I am a book collector. I love books piled on my bookshelves. I love books in baskets, in multiple rooms of the house. I've got book stacks on my desk, book stacks on my kitchen counter, book stacks beside my bed, right? And when I run out of room for more books, I just go downstairs to the already overloaded extra bookshelves in our basement and I smush them in there. Or maybe I box them up and I save them for later, or maybe I donate them too. Honestly, I have books everywhere, and I've been told that if we ever move again, I must carry my own boxes of books, and I'm okay with that. But I also know that having a book collection overflowing with books, and I mean overflowing with books, that can have reading side effects. The visual clutter can cause some of us overwhelm. I'm raising my hand here. The books on our shelves are likely unorganized and hard to find because they've just been placed there or stacked and even double stacked in some places. And that can make deciding what to read next even more challenging. So a cluttered shelf life makes it harder to have a really great reading life. 
And then there's the idea that all of those books just sitting there on the bookshelves, they're waiting patiently to be read, but they might not be. Well, that's pretty sad to our reading hearts. And plus, weeding out our bookshelves or giving it a little bit of shelf care, that opens more space to welcome new books into our lives. Books that are likely more relevant and suited for whatever season of life we are currently in, not the season of life we were in when we originally purchased the book, which depending on the conditions of your bookshelves can be a really, really long time. So today I want to share six steps with you so that you can give your bookshelf a little bit of shelf care. That way you can open up yourself to more self-care later on. So a little self-care now leads to lots of self-care full of restorative reading later on. And at the end of the episode, I'll give you three brand new books that I am planning to add to my bookshelf once I have a little bit of extra space. So here are the six steps, starting with step one. First, we must know our why. Before you can even get started, weeding your bookshelves, or practicing shelf care, you have to articulate why. Why are you choosing to call your book collection? Is it because the visual clutter is overwhelming? Is it because you can't find the books that you need? Is it because someone else is asking you? Whatever it is, I want you to take a minute to think about the why behind this work you are about to do because that will give your bookish heart the energy it needs to tackle it. And weeding out your bookshelf requires a lot of energy for people like us who love books. So think about your why and say it out loud. Think about your why and say it out loud. Maybe you want a cleaner and a more refreshed look for your bookshelf so that you can spark up your own reading life. Maybe you want additional space so that you can actually buy some new titles and genres. That's a pretty powerful why. Or maybe you just want a chance to sift through your reading life, past, present, and then plan for the future. There's a whole lot of reasons of why you might decide to weed out and organize your bookshelf. But the idea is that you first have to have your why, especially when things get hard trying to make those decisions and feeling bad about which books to give away and which ones to hold on to, think about what your purpose is and keep it front and center. If not, you might not end up with a better looking bookshelf than when you started because you've simply held on to them all and perhaps just rearranged them a little bit. So after you know you why and you have it firmly set in your mind, it's time to remove and sort your books. This is where I have taken my cue from Marie Kondo. I promise I've only taken my cue in the process and not the number of books that I need you to take off your shelf. But in her philosophy, she has you take everything off of the shelf or all of your clothes out of the closet, all of your Tupperware out of the kitchen cabinets, and you put them on the floor or on a table or in one area so you can literally see the sheer amount of stuff that you have and that you can see and touch each thing. Because as you likely know, Marie Kondo wants us to ask ourselves, does it spark joy? 
Now, can you do this for your books? Sure. I'm going to go over a quick little process that you can do that. But I just want to really emphasize how important it is to take every single book off of your shelf and start brand new. It's kind of like if you go through your closet when you're getting ready for that garage sale or to donate things and you just scan the clothes, you might only take out two, three, four, or a couple of pieces. But if you took it all back, all off and threw it on your bed and then decided what to put back in, you'd likely be a little bit more intentional about your choices. And that's the emphasis behind removing your books and sorting them that way. Quickly glancing at the titles on your bookshelf, that will not do. It will not work. Instead, you're going to need to pick up each book, hold it into your hand, and if you'd like to ask if it sparks joy, you certainly can. But what I want you to do is sort each book into one of two piles, a pile of books that you've read and a pile of books that you have not read yet. So take them all off your shelf and have two big giant piles in the room, books you've read and books you haven't read yet. So now we're ready to talk about what do we do with the books that we've read? And I want you to start there. I want you to start with the books that you've already read and you're going to decide what to do about it. So go to the pile. You're going to pick up each book and I want you to say the title and the author out loud and open it up and fan the pages. It's my way of asking if this book sparks joy for you. <laughs> saying the title out loud, saying the author out loud, it will jog your memory of the book and fanning the pages will highlight any kind of annotation you've done. Did you dog ear a page? Is there a bookmark stuck in there? Any sticky notes, any writing in the margin? Those are all signs that you loved the book, right? And therefore, maybe you want to hang on to it. But if picking up the book, saying the author's name and the title and fanning the pages does not jog your mom memory, doesn't bring joy, doesn't spark anything at all, that's a sure sign that it might be a good time to let that book go. I mean, you've read it already, but you don't remember it at all. So it probably didn't have that big of an impression and you can move it aside to bring in more books that do. So you wanna make a decision to either keep or donate each book. So if it's a book that you loved, you read it, you loved it, you remembered it, and yes, you want to keep it. Well, why do you want to keep it? If you have a compelling reason to keep the book on your shelf, instead of passing it on to another reader who might enjoy it, well, then do so. You have the right to do that. I've got lots of books on my shelf that I must keep because they were so powerful and influential to me. But if you can't come up with a good reason to keep the book other than you read it and you want evidence that you've read it, well, then set it aside into a donate pile so that you can pay it forward and share it with a reader who might love it and appreciate it more than you. And then you're just gonna continue the process. You're going to lift up every book that you've read, say the name, the author, fan the pages, see what it sparks for you, and then decide, is it going to go in a keep pile or is it going to go in a share pile? But whatever you do, don't put it back on the shelf. 
not just yet. So we're basically making really big piles of books around your room, but I promise this process works out in the end. So now that you've gone through your pile of red books and you now have a pile of keep and donate books in its place, it's time to go to the pile of books that you haven't read yet. And just like with the books that you did read, I want you to pick up each book. I want you to say the title and the author out loud, and I want you to see what it sparks for you. How do you feel? Does this book jog your memory at all? Does it tug at your reading heart because you remember why you picked it up or who recommended it to you or what you were hoping to get out of it? Or do you not feel anything at all about the book? I want you to just go with your gut feeling, your reading gut, to decide whether to keep the book on your shelves or you're going to donate it to others. So you can think about, do I remember when I purchased the book? Do I remember why? If I do, are those reasons still relevant in my life today? Is this a book that I think I would still enjoy in this particular season? Did someone recommend this book to me? Do I remember who? Do I remember why they might have thought I enjoyed it? If you can answer those questions, and if you can still say that you're interested in the book, then go ahead and keep it. But if not, and you just don't feel a tug at your reading heart at this very moment, then don't hesitate to put it in the donate pile so that you can pay it forward to another reader. It can be hard to do, but just think about that book sitting and waiting there patiently on your shelf when someone else might be ready to snatch it up and actually use it to impact their life. So now we've got two piles of books. We have books that we're keeping and books that we're donating. So there's two steps left in this process. We've got to reorganize our newly called reading shelves, and we've got to decide what our donation strategy is. So let's start with reorganizing and reshelving. Now, actually, I should probably say, if you're anything like my home, busy home, five people, five dogs, lots of craziness, First, I got to clean that bookshelf off. And I'm not talking a Swiffer duster. I'm talking a Swiffer duster and probably a magic eraser, right? Something just to clean it up and spruce it up. But then when it's ready and you've dusted any books off that you might need to do as well, it's time to reorganize. Now, organizing your bookshelf, giving it a little bit of shelf care, that's a very personal process. Right, And that is something that should be based on your preferences, your wishes as a reader, and your desire for organization and accessibility. Right, And that threshold for clutter and organization is different for all of us. So what our bookshelves end up looking like is very personal. And I don't mean looking like the Instagram-worthy bookshelves. Those are beautiful and I admire them but they're certainly not what my actual bookshelves look like. So I wanna say a couple of things that could spark some ideas for you. How do you wanna put these books back on the shelf? You could shelve those books by reading status, shelves for books that you've read and shelves for books that you haven't read yet so that it's very easy to get to those books that still need your attention. 
You could organize those books alphabetically by author last name, right? If we want to take advantage of the organization system, we probably take for granted in the library or our favorite book source. You could categorize books by genre. You could categorize them by format, hardcover, softcover, right? You could cluster books around your mood for reading, cozy mysteries, um, happy beach reads, more intensive winter reading, right? If you're a mood reader, perhaps that appeals to you. You could go visual. You could not display your books in the typical fashion with the spines out. And instead, you could strategically place a few with the covers out, perhaps those books that were most powerful for you or the books that you want to read next. But you could also display them by their size, by their shape, and what some people like to do on social media by color as well. Totally not me. You also might want to pull out those favorite books and celebrate those on a particular bookshelf. So there's so many different ways that you could do it. Me personally, I have two really big floor-to-wall bookshelves on either side of a big window in my living room. On one side is my children's literature collection, and on the other side is my adult literature collection. The shelf on the top for each of those represents the books that I haven't read yet so that I can get to them easily. But then underneath in the other shelves, I've kind of played around and changed it up every time that I do this shelf care. Sometimes it's alphabetical order. Sometimes it's by genre. Sometimes I cluster them by favorites. Sometimes I cluster them by theme. Right now, honestly, they are not clustered in any kind of organization at all because I need to do this very process for myself, which is why I am sharing it here on the podcast. But I just want you to choose a method that speaks to your bookish heart somehow and just experiment. Put combinations of books up there. See what your, your gut feels like doing and see how it looks visually. And then just go from there. Nothing's permanent. You can just have some fun putting the books on the shelves. And the process actually sparks a lot of great reflection about your reading life. What were your favorite books? What were the books that you truly loved that impacted you that you would never, ever, ever let off your shelf and into the hands of someone else? It can be really fun to see how those books have affected us over time. But the idea is that with those books that you have left, those books matter. Those books mean something. Those books are personal to you, whether it's because you've read them or you haven't read them yet. And now your bookcase can really show what matters most for you but we still have one more pile left, right? It is time to get rid of those XX books and put them into the hands of the next reader. And how you do that is up to you and what you want to do. You could donate adult books to your local library. You could donate children's literature books to your local library, but you could also donate any children's books that you have to your local school, whether that's for the students to read themselves or as part of an annual school sale. You could always add a few books to a free little library in your neighborhood. Maybe you put a bunch of them in the free little library that's most local to you, or maybe you do what I do, which is I keep them in my car. And then whenever I drive around and I see a free little library, 
I stop and put one or two in them. I already know where the free little libraries are in my area, but it can also be fun to check on where those libraries are and are not in your area. And then it becomes a fun bookish field trip as well to drop off some book love in places that you haven't been yet. And if the idea of a free little library really speaks to you, you know, you could always start your own and you could take those books that you no longer want or need or don't serve you and just keep replenishing your own free little library and keep the bookish love going. You could always take those books and gift them to family and friends. And even better, you could put a little handwritten recommendation in the cover of the book of why you think someone would love it. Or you could do one of my favorite things, which is declare yourself a book fairy. Yes, this is actually something that's a theme across the pond. You declare yourself a book fairy and you leave the book in a random place for the next reader to find. Now, if you want to be an official book fairy, you can actually download book fairy bookmarks and stickers and inserts so that those people that find your books know that being a book fairy is actually a thing. And it is just so fun to leave them in unexpected places and imagine the reaction of the person finding it. And once you really imagine that, once you see it, once you experience the joy of actually handing over books to the next reader, weeding out your bookshelf, giving your shelf a little bit of shelf care, it doesn't seem so daunting because you see the effect that it has on the next person. Weeding out, culling out your book collections, it's a necessary stage of the reading life. Sharing books that no longer serve you help you better give books away to others that might need it and can appreciate it much more. It also gives you a little bit more room on your bookshelf so that you can justify, not that we need to justify, but you can justify bringing in more books that you want to read next. Which brings me to the next phase of this process. I mentioned it earlier, but a little bit of shelf care can lead to a little bit of self-care because we now have the space to fill up our bookshelves with new books that we want to read that will serve us in this immediate season that we're in. And taking the time to read them brings us all of those physical, emotional, and cognitive benefits that really do feel like self-care. So I want to quickly highlight three books that I plan to add to my bookshelves as soon as my own shelf care and weeding and organizing process is complete. The first is a poetry collection called Above Ground by Clint Smith. Now, this is a book that I recommended to my Get Literate Patreon community because in the month of April, we are exploring what it means to have a poetic life. And so we are reading books that are poetic, whether that is because they are actual poetry or they help us bring a, a poetry stance to our life. And this is one of the books that I am determined to read and put on my shelf. This is a collection of poetry that is unlike anything I've ever read because these poems explore the beauty, the fear, and the sacredness of being a child and then raising your own from the perspective of a father. 
Now, I have read a bunch of poetry and a bunch of novels on the perspective of being a mother and what motherhood needs and what motherhood um, embodies, but I have never read a collection of poetry or essays from the perspective of what it means to be a father. And because I'm always trying to push the borders of my reading life so that it can actually help my actual life, this is a book I knew I needed to read. And I loved this line from one of the book reviews that came in. It says, wonder and joy are prevalent throughout the book, with Smith writing many odes to his children's quirks in the idiosyncrasies of child rearing, including first smiles and hiccups. In a time when the future is increasingly uncertain, such a touching and profound statement on parenthood is desperately needed. Smith provides the shot in the arm, revigorating our ability to love and nurture. So that is a poetry collection that is going to make it to my newly organized bookshelf. The second book that's going to make it on my newly organized bookshelf, this book comes out May 1st. So I do have to wait a little bit and that's okay because I still need a little bit more time to finish my bookshelf organizing process. But this book is titled When the Rain Ends by Mary Ellen Taylor. And let me read the publisher's blurb to you. When artist Danny Manchester learns she's slowly losing her vision, she becomes unmoored. Her ex-husband died only months before, leaving Danny and her preteen daughter grief-stricken. Suddenly, the life Danny built for her family on the Outer Banks feels like a painful reminder of all they've lost. On a whim, Danny sells her waterfront home and buys an old farm inland near the Virginia state line. But Danny's daughter recoils at the sudden drastic change. The Outer Banks' sun-swept beaches, pink dawns, and savage storms are all she's ever known. But Danny is resolute and the pair moved to Virginia to embark on a challenging renovation. That summer, their efforts to turn a rundown silo into an art studio bring forth new friends, new loves, and new challenges. As mother and daughter navigate the fiercest storm of their lives, they learn that instead of waiting for the skies to clear, they can withstand the wind and rain so long as they do it together. Oh, what a book, perfect for Mother's Day, right? It's coming out right before Mother's Day is here. It sounds like this wonderful mother-daughter story that pairs well with the poetry coming from the father's perspective. And I can't wait to read these two books together so that I can compare them and contrast them and, and just enrich the whole experience by reading these fairly close to each other. So that is When the Rain Ends by Mary Ellen Taylor. And lastly, the third book that I want to put on my shelf, I have to admit to you, the sole reason that I first picked up this book, that I wanted it mine, it just was released on April 18th of 2023. I know we are not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but I did because this cover was just stunning to me. I have a 16-year-old daughter who is an amazing artist. And she is in a line art phase. She can draw the most beautiful line art images with just a mechanical pencil. It's, it's just crazy to me. 
And so when I saw this cover, I instantly saw a line art project that I knew my daughter could do. And I wanted her to draw for me. I actually took a picture of the cover and I texted it to her and I said, you, you need to draw this. So I was hooked into the book because I was so smitten with the cover. But then when I read what was inside, I knew it was one that was perfect. It was not only perfect because it's a new release, it's got a beautiful cover, the storyline is provocative, but I think you'll also see how it ties into the shelf care and self-care theme when I read you the publisher's blurb, which is what I'm going to do right now. For 26-year-old Adelaide Williams, an American living in dreamy London, meeting Rory Hughes was like a lightning bolt out of the blue. This charming Englishman was the one she wasn't even looking for. Is it enough? Does he respond to texts? Honor his commitments? Make advanced plans? Sometimes, rarely, and no, not at all. But when he shines his light on her, the world makes sense, and Adelaide is convinced that, in his heart, he's fallen just as deeply as she has. Then, when Rory is rocked by an unexpected tragedy, Adelaide does everything in her power to hold him together, even if it means losing herself in the process. When love asks too much of us, how do we find the strength to put ourselves first? With unflinching honesty and heart, this relatable debut from a fresh new voice explores grief and mental health while capturing the timeless nature of what it's like to be young and in love with your friends, with your city, and with a person who cannot, will not love you back. Oh, this book had everything. It had the cover, it has the storyline, and it has the theme of loving yourself and being enough for yourself and putting yourself first, which is the whole idea behind self-care. And here we are talking about shelf care. So that's what I have for you today. A six-step process to give your bookshelf a little shelf care so that you can give yourself a little bit of self-care as a reward. I would love to know how your book cleaning, book organization, book weeding process goes. And I'd also love to know what books you're going to fill on those bookshelves once you have that extra room. Let me know which books you kept. Let me know which books you were willing to let go of. Let me know how you donated the books, how you organized them. Snap a picture of your newly organized bookshelves. I'd love to see it. You can tell me all of this and even leave me some pictures in the comments of the episode in the show notes at alitlife.com. And you can also find me on social media at Affinito Lit. You can send me a private message or you can leave me comments on the post for this episode. Either way, I hope you do. I really want to see what happens when you give yourself a little bit of shelf care and then how you feel in the process as you keep going. So happy spring, happy organizing, and happy reading, everyone. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate Podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at alitlife.com. And if you want more, you might like to join my Patreon community. 
There, you'll find additional inspiration for your reading and writing lives, like bonus podcast episodes, book calendars, monthly book clubs, notebooking challenges, live events, giveaways, and much more. It's only $5 a month, and you get instant access to all the previous content, too. You can learn more at getliterate.co. But one more thing. If you love what you listen to today, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast or take a screenshot of the episode and text it to a friend. This helps the podcast grow and builds our bookish and notebookish community too. Thanks so much for listening.